Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. Join us as we discuss personal finance, financial literacy, investing, the psychology behind being financially fit, and much more. Here's your host, Jerry Dixon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the Millennial Economics Podcast, part three of our university series to kick off 2022. And in this series, we are talking about debt, 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 debt. Um, And really before we dig into the topic, um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Millennial Economics YouTube channel. Um, I have, I believe, five, six videos uploaded on there. That was a goal of mine this year. Um, Like I talk about all the time with goals, I wrote it down. I put a plan in place. I've got a content schedule for that channel. Um, We'll probably be working on a video right after this podcast. Um, But I know I have a larger audience on the podcast because I've been doing it for for a lot longer than I do on the YouTube channel. So what would really mean a lot to me is if you all visited the YouTube channel and you can check the show notes for that. I will include that as the first link down in the show notes. And if you went and watched a couple videos, see what you liked, gave me some feedback in the comments, and most importantly, um, subscribed. Um, That is a a big deal on YouTube to how many subscribers that you have. Um, Not that we do this just for the the amount of subscribers, but um, it does help the reach of those videos and the overall growth of the channel. So I would really appreciate if you all did that. And again, that link will be in the, uh, the show notes below. All right, so digging right in. So we've talked through a couple different things um, on the university series. Um, Part one was setting goals. Part two was budgeting. And part three, again, is going to be debt. All right. We as Americans, for all the Americans listening, and and most countries are are somewhat the same, but I think think us Americans probably do the worst job um, out of of most. Um, We love debt. (laughs) Okay. Um, I did a little bit of research, and the average credit card debt amount per person um, in America is $6,194, according to um, CNBC. Okay, that's a lot of debt. That's a lot of credit card debt. On top of the credit card debt, we love student loan debt, right? Um, I have a younger sister, and she is of the age of um, deciding on university and kind of what to do after high school, and the debt is a... um, the debt that you can accrue from university is so significant. The price of private school, um, which many people decide to go that route, right? The, the, the price of private school is absolutely outrageous. You know, someone going for a, an average business degree or maybe even an art degree, um, something that isn't, isn't quote-unquote specialized could walk away after a four-year undergraduate study time um, with over $100,000 in debt, no problem. State school, you might still be looking at $60,000, in debt, no problem. And again, we're not taking into account, and we're not going to get into student loan talk here, um, but um, we're not talking about grants and scholarships and, you know, if you play sports or if you do this or do you that. We're just talking about the, the for everybody, the majority, um, the folks that don't get those things, you know, at face value. You know, you're walking out of school 
with $50,000-plus of debt, no problem. Even if you go the route of community college, and even if you work a little bit, and you transition to a, a four-year school your last two years, you know, you could still be walking away with ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in debt. Okay, so let's add that to the tally. Let's also discuss um, how expensive and outrageous vehicles are these days, right? Um, I was browsing, and for those of you that know me, um, you know that I love vehicles, but I, I, I was browsing um, the interwebs, and you, it's just unbelievable. So for a truck, um, which is my, my dream car, I do not drive a truck right now, um, you can find a truck that's 12, 13, 14 years old, 200,000 miles, and they're still asking well over $20,000 for those. You know, a vehicle that used to cost five years ago, you know, $20,000 is now costing twenty-five dollars to $30,000. You know, it's very hard to find a new vehicle um, for anywhere under $30,000, right? And when you look at the, the monthly payments on these, let alone just the debt amount, the monthly payment is five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month is not abnormal for folks to have for their car payment. And it's just simply outrageous. It's simply outrageous. So we take into account the over $6,000 that folks have in credit card debt, the $20,000, dollars $40,000 they may have in vehicle loans, the $50,000, dollars $100,000, $200,000 they may have in student loans, um, tack on to that personal loans and, you know, anything and everything. Um, we are in a lot of debt, and that debt inhibits us from achieving our financial goals, okay? So instead of allocating our monthly margin and making that, those dollars work for us, we're allocating that monthly margin and making those dollars work against us and for someone else. It's, it's the recipe. It's not the recipe that we want for our, our extra money, right? We want to be investing our money into things that, number one, yes, make us happy, okay, and things that we can enjoy. But we want to be investing our money into things that build more wealth for us. That's what the wealthy do. We don't want to be investing our money into... Um, things that create less wealth for us and, and, and more wealth for other people, okay? Uh, if you look at what the wealth, and we're not going to get too far into an investing conversation on this. That'll be in a later episode. But if you look at what the wealthy do, they are putting their monies into things like real estate, into investing in businesses, into the stock market. Um, and all of these things, if done properly and done well and well-researched, um, those dollars turn into more dollars over time. That's what we want to do with our monthly margin. When it comes to debt, we have interest. So the dollars that we originally started with in terms of the loan that we got, those dollars increase over time. The amount we have to pay back increases over time. So our money is decreasing when it comes to debt and when it comes to investing and when it comes to what the wealthy people do, their money increases. And that's the thing that we really want to focus on. Um, so we talked about budgeting and, you know, where all of our money is going and how to get that down to, you know, exactly where we want it to be. So maybe you are in, in a large amount of debt and you want that to be kind of a bare minimum budget. Maybe you're not in debt and you want it to have a little bit more um, fun built into it. Um, you, we've gotten to that point, right? You sat down and you did your budget. Now what we need to think about is listing our debts out. And this may take some time. But you need to look through your monthly statements and what's coming out of your account, and we need to list all of our debts, okay? Um, that might include, again, we'll go through the list. It might include a personal loan. It might include a car note. It might include a 
credit card, okay? And we want to we want to include everything except our home. All right? We want to include all of the debt except our home. Why don't we include our home? Well, number 1, it's a very very large amount of money that you're not going to be able to build a plan to pay off in the next year, 2 years. Number 2, most of us have a mortgage that is at a very low interest rate and uh, We'll have this discussion later on when we talk a little bit about investing and, and kind of what further to do with our monthly margin. But um, it's not necessarily a poor decision in my decision to not pay off your mortgage. It is a poor decision to not pay off your consumer debt, though, all the debt that we talked about, your high interest debt. All right. And we'll get into kind of what that thought process is. Um, that's going to be something that is a decision for you, whether you want to pay that mortgage down early. And you, that decision will most likely be dictated by the goals that you have that you wrote down in step one. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to give you some stats regarding debt and show you just how powerful, um, in a negative way, debt can be on our wealth building and personal finance journey. Hello, kind people, podcasters. I don't know if that's a word or not, but we are rolling with it. I wanted to tell you a little bit about acorns today. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know my passion for acorns is strong um, because I truly believe it's a great platform and I use it personally. Um, so I can tell you over the past four years, Acorns has been an incredible asset to me in my investing. It's where I learned about investing and dividends and compound interest. Um, and again, I still use it to this day. Um, it is a platform that is absolutely fantastic, fantastic for people that are new to investing. Again, I'm not new to investing, somewhat new. I still use it. But for those of you who are looking to start investing or are looking for an easy platform to start investing, I can't recommend Acorns enough. It has two great features among many, um, but I'll just touch on a few here, the two that I particularly use. Number one is the roundup feature. So when you open your Acorns account, you can actually link one of your cards, credit card or debit card, to the account Acorns will round up each transaction that you make with that card and invest the spare change into your investment account there with Acorns. How cool is that? If you're looking to do something that's automated, that's going to force you to invest every time you spend your money, this is a great feature. I have used it. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. The second feature, which I use far more, is just the recurring investments. You can set a specific dollar amount and a specific day of the week or a specific day of the month or time of the month to automatically invest money. If you listen to the previous podcast and you listen to my story about um, how I started investing, or not my previous podcast, but one of my podcasts before, about how I started investing. I downloaded Acorns and I started investing $5 every Friday. And it wasn't a lot, but over the months and months, and me even forgetting that money was going in there, I learned about compound interest and I learned about what dividends were. So you can start off small and now I use that same recurring feature just with a little bit more money, but I do it every week. Um, so if you're interested in Acorns um, and the many services that they provide, um, so not only roundups, not only recurring investments, but um, retirement accounts and accounts for your kids, um, tons of things. Um, I, I can't recommend Acorns enough. There is a link down in the show notes. If you use that link, my referral link, you're going to get $5 added to your account um, at no charge to you. No charge. You don't have to even put any money into that account to access that $5. It's absolutely free money. 
So if you are interested in that and learning more about Acorns and trying it out for yourself, go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will get $5 added to your account. Um, That is all that I'll talk about this, but you'll probably hear me talk about it more in the show. Um, But here is back to the episode. All right, and we are back. So we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into some data, which is always fun. Um, So we already went over some numbers. So again, according to CNBC, um, on average, Americans carry $6,194 in credit card debt, okay? A large amount of debt. So what what does that mean, right? Um, And just a little bit more data. Um, According to, I believe it is wallethub.com, the average interest rate on a credit card is a little bit over 18%, all right? So what we, what I did is I, I got a, um, I, I pulled up a debt calculator, a debt repayment calculator. I typed in $6,194 because that's the average credit card debt for Amer- an American. And then what interest rate is on that card? I typed in 18% because again, that is the average interest rate on a card. And the minimum payment, so if we, if someone made a minimum payment on this balance, on this $6,194, how much would it cost them in total to pay that balance off, and how long would it take them, okay, if they made just the minimum payments on that, on that balance? So it would take 294 months to get rid of that debt, 200 and 94 months to get out of that debt. And in that time, that individual would have paid $8,714 in interest. Okay? Um, That is astronomical. And now you understand why credit card companies spend as much money in marketing as they do to get you to sign up for their credit cards and to get you to carry balances on those cards every month. Now, a separate conversation, and we'll have this again in a later episode, um, is should, should we use credit cards? Do credit cards have a place in building wealth and in personal finance? Um, that's something that is highly debatable. Um, in my opinion, I don't believe credit cards are bad. I think they can be a tool, but they are a tool that if you are not able to wield your psychology well, will turn into a weapon against yourself. If you're able to wield your psychology well, if you're able to navigate yourself well, can be a tool that is is quite useful as a hammer or a saw or a tape measure would be to a carpenter, okay? But that's a conversation for a later time. So as you can see, when we have these debts, and again, we're not gonna run models on student loans, we're not gonna run models on um, cars, but it works in the very same way, maybe at a, at a different scale, because typically your student loans and your vehicles aren't gonna carry an 18% interest rate, that interest rate is gonna be much lower, but you can see that if you could just continue to ride out the minimum payments on your debt until they're paid off, you could end up paying double, triple the amount of money that you originally took out for that loan, okay? And that is the opposite, again, of what we want our money to be doing for us. So as we continue this university series, we're gonna discuss what can we do with our money when we can start investing it and making it work for us? What do those models look like? What does what is compound interest? How does that money grow? You know, if I invest X amount over X amount, what is that gonna look like? That's when it gets really fun, but the step 
actually two steps before that is you got to get rid of the debt because it's only working against you. It is only working against you. Okay. So after this episode, your homework now is to list your debts on a piece of paper, everything but your mortgage. And then what you're going to do is you're going to develop a plan with your monthly margin that you've established after putting together your budget. So how much money you have after all of your expenses, you're going to put together a plan of how you're going to pay off all of that debt. Okay. And there are two main models of debt payoff that are quite popular in the personal finance space. One is the debt snowball and one is the debt avalanche. And if you're more of a reader and would like to reference kind of what those two things are, um, I have an article on how to get out of debt on the website, millennialecon.com. So I would highly encourage you to visit that if reading and and kind of being able to sit and look at some words is, is more of your game. But let's review the debt snowball just briefly. So debt snowball is a Dave Ramsey method. Um, I'm quite fond of it. Um, It is basically listing your debt smallest to largest, paying off the smallest debt first and working your way all the way up to the largest, right? So if you have a $500 debt, a $1,000 debt, and a $1,500 debt, you'd pay that $500 debt off as fast as you could. Then you would allocate all the money that you were paying on minimum payments and paying extra to pay that $500 off to the $1,000 debt. And then you do the same thing to the $1,500 debt until you're out of debt, okay? The debt avalanche method is listing your debts from the highest interest rate to the lowest interest rate and paying off the highest interest rate debt first and working your way down, okay? And there are tons of debates on which method is the best. Uh, I do have an opinion, but basically the pros and cons, or I guess the debate for each, the case for each is the debt snowball method makes most financial, excuse me, the debt avalanche method makes most financial sense, okay? Because the highest interest debt that you have, the more money you are paying on that balance in interest. And if you pay that off first, you're saving yourself from paying that higher interest for a longer period of time. Okay, so mathematically, the debt avalanche method uh, makes most sense. The debt snowball method does not totally make mathematical sense because we're not necessarily paying off our debt with the highest interest rate first. We're paying off our debt with the lowest balance first, okay? The case for the debt snowball method is that it makes most psychological sense, all right? So when you make progress and pay off a, a debt, whatever wherever that debt comes from, you start feeling really good about yourself. You realize that you're actually making progress. You see yourself making progress really quickly, and then you get to be more aggressive on that second debt. And because you're amped up, not only are you allocating what you thought you would to that debt, but you're making sacrifices in other areas of your life to start knocking out the next one and knocking out the next one because you really feel like you're making momentum. All right? So that's, that's the case for the debt snowball method. In my opinion, I prefer the debt snowball method. I am big on psychology. I'm huge on psychology. I think that psychology, the psychology behind having good finances is is very much underappreciated and not talked about enough in the personal finance community. Um, But that decision is completely up to you. So I would, you know, kind of 
kind of do some inner discovery, you know, write things down and really think about which method might work best for you and, and decide, decide for yourself. But either way, you need to write down your debts and you need to know what all your debts are and where all those debts are. And you need to know how you're going to allocate your monthly margin to paying off that debt. Once you get to that point, you can start having a little bit of fun with your money. And we will talk about that in the coming episodes. So um, just to recap, um, the YouTube channel is live now. Um, the link to the YouTube channel is in the show notes below. Uh, I would very, very much appreciate it if you all visited that channel, watched a few of the videos, and subscribed to the channel. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 82 of the Millennial Economics Podcast, and we will talk to you very soon.